new technologies have always changed how people organize and work. And it's no secret that automation is on the rise. How safe is your job? Nearly one in five Canadians are working jobs at high risk of automation, with very few options to transition into lower risk jobs without significant retraining. In other words, these are high risk, low mobility positions. How has COVID-19 changed our perceptions of jobs that once seemed destined for automation? And how can we make sure that Canadians have the skills they need to thrive during technological change? Our innovation and technology team is working on a project to find the answers. I'm Kira Johnston, and this is the Leadership Perspective series from the Conference Board of Canada. Each episode, we sit down with an expert or experts to hear their perspectives on an issue that's affecting the lives of Canadians. With me today is Darren Gresh, a research associate in the Innovation and Technology team at the Conference Board. And we're going to talk about bracing Canada's workers for automation. Warm welcome, Darren. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us what a high-risk, low-mobility job looks like? I'll just take a brief moment to talk about what we're trying to achieve with this project. So our main goal was really to prepare Canadian leaders across the country in different municipalities and provinces by informing them how automation might impact their industries, their economies, their workers, and what sorts of upskilling and training and education and other types of support that are out there that they should be thinking about moving into the future. With regards to high-risk, low-mobility jobs, there's plenty of research out there that tries to predict how susceptible an occupation is to automation. And these are mostly based on characteristics of different tasks that make up those occupations. But for this research, it's not just about which ones are most at risk to automation, because there's plenty of them out there. It's really about high risk to automation and having few options to transition into lower risk jobs in terms of suitable alternative ones that are similar in skill and pay. If you look at where this employment is concentrated in Canada, you'll see that the majority are in five industries, a combination of food services, manufacturing, construction, healthcare and social assistance, and retail services. In terms of the most vulnerable occupations themselves, we looked at which occupations had the highest employment in Canada uh, that fell under this group of vulnerability. These include food counter attendants, cashiers, administrative assistants, general office support workers, and cooks. I want to take a quick moment here to stress that we're not saying that robots are taking all these jobs. We're instead applying a hypothetical stress test, if you will, in terms of where governments and employers would likely need to provide additional supports to ensure that the industries and occupations can absorb these new technologies and to work with them as these jobs transform. Let's talk a little bit more about these professions. What do they have in common, if anything? Historically, these are generally positions that require less formal education. They don't involve significant interaction with other people, and they are of a repetitive nature. However, as technology improves, including our understanding of how to apply it, these constraints are becoming increasingly relaxed. Aside from these general characteristics, Vulnerable groups like women, Indigenous people, racialized minorities, even youth, they tend to work these types of jobs in greater proportions. So, for example, about 21% of racialized minorities are employed in Canada, but they make up 31% of food counter attendants and 27% of cashiers. 
two occupations that are at high risk of automation with few options to transition into lower automation risk jobs. In fact, all of those vulnerable groups that I mentioned are overrepresented in at least three of the top five most vulnerable occupations we identified. Indigenous people in particular are overrepresented in all five of them. You define low mobility jobs as ones that have few acceptable transitions. How do you define an acceptable job transition and how do you measure what's acceptable? There's two major components of this and you need to understand one before the other. In order for a transition to be acceptable, it first has to be technically possible. And to be technically possible, we care about three things. First, the amount of potential upskilling required has to be reasonable. This means there can only be so big a difference between the occupations in terms of literacy and numeracy skills, for example. Second, the types of tasks for each occupation, they have to be similar. And this includes how often the, the tasks themselves are performed. And lastly, in this technical possibility perspective, the, the major fields of study have to be somewhat similar between the occupations. There has to be some overlap. When you take all of those three things combined, adding the acceptability lens, it, it adds two more things. First, potential wage reductions have to be moderate. For us, that means a maximum of 10% reduction in wages. And second, you don't want overqualified people in their new occupations. There shouldn't be a lot of excess skills. When you're talking about high-risk, low-mobility or vulnerable occupations, these are generally occupations where there are few transitions within a year of training and usually none whatsoever within six months of training. A lot of the research you did was prior to COVID-19. Many of these high-risk jobs, for example, grocery store cashiers, are the same ones that people are calling essential or frontline during COVID. Now that we're seeing how important these jobs are, will it change how quickly they're going to be automated? COVID definitely made us rethink our research a little bit. I don't think I have a definitive answer for you. I think in the short term, probably not. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot more self-checkouts in the future. With that, it could potentially speed up the automation of some jobs, especially because of business continuity concerns and health concerns, especially. But it could just as well be affirming the, you know, the necessity of workers in other areas. So I couldn't tell you which category of worker falls into, whether or not it's increasing or decreasing. But I'm sure plenty of businesses right now are definitely weighing their options on how they can be better prepared in the future. What's the next step for your team's project on workers and automation? We've gotten a lot of traction and support around how we've applied this high-risk, low-mobility lens. We have a few other projects on the go that are using it, and we want to ensure that the leaders of these municipalities and provinces across Canada are prepared for technological change. One of our projects is taking a more of a geographical approach to this work. We're determining where in Canada, from the census level all the way up to the provinces, where these vulnerable workers are, both in terms of high-risk, low-mobility employment, but as well as other factors like local education costs, income levels, demographics, that sort of thing. And we're creating a vulnerability index as a result. We're also starting to take a deeper dive into how these workers in these vulnerable occupations can transition into higher growth occupations. We're taking more of a career path perspective to this work. There's lots of cool, innovative research that we're exploring around these topics, and we're, we're pretty excited to continue looking into it. We're just as excited, and we're looking forward to you guys publishing all that work. And for the listeners, 
You can check out the report Responding to Automation, How Adaptable is Canada's Labour Market, as well as the interactive page Bracing for Automation by following the links in the episode description. And you can find all of our up-to-the-minute COVID-19 coverage at conferenceboard.ca. And thanks again, Darren, for your time today. Thanks, Kira. You've been listening to the Leadership Perspective Series by the Conference Board of Canada, hosted by Kira Johnston and written by Sarah Mells. This series is produced by Jen Duhamel. Nancy Nguyen is our audio engineer. And our executive producer is Michael Bassett. Ideas were also contributed by Rob Collins and Aaron Brophy. For more podcasts, videos, commentary, and ideas, visit conferenceboard.ca.